Welcome to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast, weekly doses of language learning tips and motivation to help you become fluent in any language. With me, Ollie Richards. Hello. Bonjour. Hello. Good morning, everybody, and welcome back to the I Will Teach You a Language podcast. Thanks so much for joining me. All right, so lots been going on. Where to start? We have uh, fully begun now the, uh, the the pre-launch of my new books of short stories, along with Teach Yourself, and it's been quite a whirlwind. There's, uh, there's really been a, a wonderful response. I think there's um, this, there seems to be something a kind of magic or halo, if you like, that that surrounds um, traditionally published books. It's my first uh, ex- experience publishing a book with a publisher and all the stuff that comes with it. Uh, but I've really noticed that that um, among followers of, uh, of I Will Teach You a Language, you know, here on the podcast, on the blog, on social media, uh, the response has been really overwhelming, and I'm really grateful to everybody for, um, for the support. Uh, go back and check the last episode if you're not sure what this is all about. Um, but for now, at least, throughout the month of September, and the first few days of October as well. We're in a pre-launch period for these books, which means you can pre-order them. And um, there is a, I think most people seem to be just as interested in the bonus package that we put together, which is lots and lots of uh, free courses from different language providers across the internet. And uh, so that's definitely worth uh, checking out if you like the idea of reading in your target language. Um, What else? I have, uh, oh yeah, I suppose I should tell you where to go for that. If you go to IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash books, that's IWillTeachYouAlanguage.com forward slash books, you'll get all the information there. There have been a few few hiccups (laughs) along the way. Amazon, in certain countries, doesn't seem to want to make the Kindle books available, particularly the US and Canada. We're working on it. It should hopefully be fixed by the time you listen to this. Uh, India as well didn't have the English book. I'm getting a bit confused. It's <laughs> um, There's also been a bunch of questions about whether, whether these books are the same as the old ones and all that stuff. So if you've got any questions or you just want to find out more about what it's all about, I've tried to keep all the, the, the frequently asked questions up to date on that on that page. So again, if you go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash books, you'll find everything you need to know there. What else? My Italian project... I haven't talked about it much on the podcast, but it's still very much in full swing. Um, there is, a, uh, I've been uploading weekly videos and next, well, in fact, this week I'm traveling to Italy to a secret location, which I have not disclosed, where I'm going to go and put my Italian into practice and also document it on film. I'm going to make a very, very cool film in a very beautiful part of Italy. Some of you guys on Instagram have been, uh, have been trying to guess where it is I'm going, I will not reveal it until uh, you see it on YouTube. So <laughs> uh, so again, follow me in all the usual places if you want to uh, if you want to find out about this. I, a lot of my activity these days seems to be a bit like spread out. So, you know, a lot of announcements and stuff I make on the email list. Um, a lot of my videos, especially with the Italian project, are all on YouTube. Sort of fun day-to-day stuff behind the scenes kind of happens on Instagram. It's... um. It's it's best to kind of you whatever type of social media you like or you tend to use. Search for me on there. I will teach you a language. Normally does the trick as a search term, 
um, and then you can keep up to date with everything that's going on. Uh, but yeah, I, my Italian has been, well, it's been so much fun. And um, I feel like I've come a long way. We'll see when I get to Italy. Um, this week I'm publishing a conversation on YouTube with a very well-known Italian YouTuber and podcaster. So you can take a guess who that might be, but you'll find it on YouTube. Uh, but it's really been so much fun. And um, I, I'm going to talk about this much more, I think, on the blog and on the YouTube channel itself. So make sure to head over there and you know subscribe in the usual places if you want to find out about that. A few more things going on. I've moved house here. I'm still in London, but I'm now in North London. And uh, I'm sitting in my new home office type place. It's not a totally dedicated home office, but... I am uh, recording this right now whilst looking over the the hills of North London on a blue sunny day and it is really 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 nice. Um so that's why you can probably hear a bit of wind in the background. The windows are open I'm trying to catch the last few uh, last few rays of the last throws of summer. And uh yeah, but anyway, we should get down to it, shouldn't we? Let me thank the sponsors of the show, the wonderful italki. I've been using them a lot for my Italian project, and if you have not started speaking regularly in the language that you're learning, then italki is the best place to start getting those speaking sessions. You can get a free lesson by going to iwillteachyourlanguage.com forward slash free lesson. All right then, let's hear today's question from Terry. Hi Ollie, this is Terry from the UK. Today I have a question about finding your purpose for learning a language. Uh, the why of learning a language, I guess. Um, so I've been learning Mandarin for approximately seven or eight years. And my reason for wanting to learn Mandarin back then was because I was living and working in China at that time. And I wanted to be able to experience China in a way that I don't think would have been possible had I have just relied on English. I've since returned to the UK. I've been back in the UK for a number of years and I've continued to learn Mandarin, albeit inconsistently. And I think that lack of motivation at times is due to not having a new purpose or a new reason for continuing to learn, other than I don't want to waste uh, the time and the effort and the energy and even the money that I've put in over the years to getting my Mandarin up to a a reasonable level of, of conversational fluency. But for me, it doesn't feel like it's enough of a a motivation, enough of a purpose uh, to continue to learn. And I just wondered what your views might be on this and whether other language learners also struggle with this issue. Hey, Terry, thanks so much for your question. Uh, I believe you've left a number of, at least one question before for the podcast, maybe more. So it's great to to, to see you coming back for more. Uh, And also, you know, sorry to hear that you're kind of struggling with the motivation side of things. Trust me, you are not alone. Um, I've talked about this many times um, over the over the years on the podcast, and um, I think really this gets to the heart of of language learning. And um, because if you don't have that that why clearly uh, dialed in, then it's only a matter of time. I mean, I, I don't. Re- I, I've got a few practical thoughts on this, but I'm I'm kind of also you know, very wary that there's only so much help I can be with this, I think. Because when I look back at my various languages, and and specifically the way that my relationship with those languages changes over the years, there's no rhyme, reason, pattern. I mean, 
that the only thing that's really constant is, is the language relevant in my life right now? And obviously, the longer that you have been, in your case, you've learned Mandarin to a good level, so you've got a lot of sunk cost, as it's, as it's known, which is the idea that you know the more time, energy, effort, money you put into learning something, the harder it is to let go. But I do actually think there's a lot of power in letting go. I was speaking to my friend Eric on uh, on WhatsApp the other day. He's in Brazil right now with his family, and he he's a very sort of dedicated language learner. His Portuguese, Terry, I think would be probably be comparable to your Chinese in the sense that in in terms of like how much time he's invested in it. You know, it's been a big emotional investment as well for him because his his wife is Brazilian. Um, he goes to Brazil a lot, and you know, for sen- for reasons of pride as much as anything else, and um, and what he's able to do, he he feels like he should um, be totally fluent in, in in Portuguese by now, which is of course is is always a difficult thing because it's a moving target, and you never really feel like you're fluent, um, especially if you've only got kind of one person that you tend to practice with in the form of a husband or a wife or something like that. And um, and he was uh, he's kind of moved on to a new language project. So I think he's re- it's kind of, his motivation just slipped away for whatever reason. But then you know I kind of said to him, you know, sometimes it's great just to let go because that's that's when the the best things can happen. There's an analogy with with jazz musicians, which is that as a jazz musician, because I, I studied jazz at, at college, so I'm very familiar with this. As a jazz musician, you um, you spend a lot of time in the practice room practicing scales chord progressions, things like that. But the aim of all of that practice is ultimately so that you can get up on stage and improvise, quote unquote, from the heart. People see jazz musicians sort of playing what they hear, playing what they feel, playing from the heart, all those kind of uh, cliches that people use about jazz musicians. Uh, What they don't realise is the many, many, many hours of practice that have gone into being able to do that kind of thing. So there is this there's this idea that you have to work really hard and then let it all go so you can just perform. And I think it's the same with language learning. So I told this to Eric and he said, "Yeah, man, you know, I was um I was just in a taxi here in Sao Paulo and I was just kind of chatting to the taxi driver and I just didn't care. I didn't give a, you know, <laughs> were his words. Uh, but he because he kind of stopped caring, he was able to sit back and relax and just have the conversation. And he told me that, man, this felt really, really good. And I also, uh, I recorded a, a similar, I talked about a similar thing in episode 256 of the podcast in a show entitled The Extraordinary Power of Haircuts as a Language Learning Tool. And in that case, you know, I was talking about my, I was in Hong Kong, I was talking about my Cantonese and how I'd kind of lost motivation. I went away for a few weeks, came back to Hong Kong, and then like I was suddenly just, I went to have my hair cut and had a three-hour chat with the, the guy who was cutting my hair. And it was just so easy and effortless because I had actually got to the point where I had to just, stop and walk away. Now this is of course this isn't exactly what you're asking Terry but I think you know when you when you when you're in a situation like you're in where the project is now your mandarin project is now becoming seriously long term. You've got I think two choices. Choice number 1 is the stuff that I normally I always talk about you'll be familiar 
with this from previous podcasts, which is that you've got to find ways to just to make it part of your life. If 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 you don't have a if you don't have anybody to speak Mandarin to, if you never watch or listen to Mandarin, if if it's not if it doesn't factor into your life in any meaningful way, then it's just a ticking time bomb. So that's option number one. You're going to double down and you say, right, I'm going to go and have, find Mandarin friends, Mandarin speaking friends where I live. I'm going to go out to meetups. Really, you know, try to make it part of your life. But you know, depending on your life and family situation, that's that might not be so easy. So. I think it's worth toying with the idea of just walking away. Bearing in mind that if you've been learning for years, then walking away for even a few months isn't going to make the slightest bit of difference. And then just see what happens. See where your mind goes to. Do you end up listening to podcasts just for pleasure? Do you end up reading books because you feel like it? Do you end up kind of booking a ticket to China because you miss it? I don't know. But it's interesting to think about what might happen. And I think you've, in order to have those realizations, you've got to actually be prepared to let go. So I think that's what I'm gonna. That's where I'm gonna leave it. Uh, <laughs> actually, that's not the answer I thought I was gonna give. But I think having been through this process many times myself with languages that I've really kind of strongly kept up, like uh, like, like like Spanish in particular, like Portuguese, and I'm sure like Italian now because they're, they're just they're just so useful for me around, and also with languages that I have worked very hard at, but just really struggled on a practical level to keep up here in London, like in particular Japanese and Cantonese, and then Arabic, which I just don't speak at all anymore. So I think I, I'm kind of taking this philosophical view of either you kind of really go for it or you walk away. And just remembering that walking away doesn't really mean walking away forever because you can come back to it at any point. And the chances are that it will be better and stronger than when you were still struggling to keep it up. So thanks very much for your question, Terry. I hope that uh, gives you some food for thought at least. Uh, if you'd like to leave me a question like Terry did, you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash ask to do that. And at the end of every episode, I'd like to leave you with a resource of some kind on the topic of the show. And today, I want to direct you back to that episode that I mentioned a little while ago, which is episode 256, The Extraordinary Power of Haircuts, a language learning tool. Go and listen to that, because I really think that that is, there's there's a big lesson in there somewhere. I don't think I'm necessarily articulating it very well, but I've got a feeling that, you know, after all the years I've been spending learning languages, this feels like a lesson to pay attention to, if that makes sense. So that's IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 256. And if you'd like to leave any questions or comments on this episode, then you can go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash episode 276. We're closing in on 300. I'm going to have to think what to do. All right. Thank you very much for listening. See you back in the next episode of the podcast. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I really hope you enjoyed it. You know, one of the questions I get asked most often about language learning is how to improve your memory. Because things get so much easier when you learn new words and you don't forget them later in conversation when you really need them. So what I decided to do was to put together a a short email course. It's a three-part email course over three days that teaches you my favorite techniques for memorizing vocabulary and actually putting that vocabulary into your long-term memory. It's a short course, three days, it's completely free. And if you'd like to sign up for it, please go to IWillTeachYourLanguage.com forward slash free memory course. 